Hi everyone, welcome to the All Inclusive Podcast, where each week I chat with industry experts and diversity, equity and inclusion executives from the world's leading global brands who share their knowledge, experience and actionable takeaways to help inclusive employers create cultures of belonging where everyone can thrive. Today, I've got the pleasure of being joined by Nadine Vogel. She is the CEO of Springboard Consulting. Springboard works with corporations around the world to help bring mainstream people with disabilities into the global workforce. And it is the producer of the Disability Matters Conference and Awards. Welcome, Nadine. Hey, Natasha. How are you? Great. Thanks so much for joining us, Nadine. Um, why not kick off and tell our listeners a little bit more about you and your journey to where you are today? Absolutely. Thank you. So it's been an interesting journey that I've been on over the years. Um, I have two adult daughters who have disabilities. They are ages uh, 30 and 22. I spent uh, over 20 years in corporate in an executive role and um, took a lot of that life experience and professional experience to create Springboard, Springboard Global Enterprise, which it has a variety of companies underneath, uh, Springboard Consulting being our main one. And uh, Springboard works with companies all around the globe to mainstream people with disabilities, either as candidates, employees, or customers. And from there, you know, we do consulting and training and events and all kinds of things. It's, uh, it's really been an amazing journey. Why is it that you are working within diversity, equity, inclusion for people with disabilities? What's, what's your key driving force for, for doing the work? So everyone has a driver right? You know, as to their why, I guess, why they do what they do. And for me, it's having adult daughters with disabilities. Um, yeah, even before they were born, I mean, I, I volunteered in the community and things like that. But when I was in corporate, I created a dedicated division within our corporation to serve families who have children with disabilities in, in legal and financial planning. So for me, it's something that I feel very fortunate because how many people can actually say that what they do for a living is so personal, right? It impacts them so personally. So that's, that's my why. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. And having it kind of touch you so personally probably gives you a good advantage in terms of a different perspective um, on being able to achieve certain of those goals as well. So you can really kind of give those, the storytelling moments are really coming from, from the heart, which I feel like is the power of storytelling I keep saying it all the time in like nearly every episode <laughs> is so yes. so storytelling is so so powerful um I feel and I think if if the work that you're doing touches you so personally it can only be of a great benefit right and everyone at Springboard either has a disability or is caring for someone with a disability so every one of us has that story if you mm, will in us yeah oh fantastic so what does disability inclusion mean Inclusion is not about treating people differently. It's about actually giving everyone the same opportunity to be successful or to participate in society, to shop, to have a job, right? And so when we talk about inclusion, it's really about not just inviting someone to your party, but asking them to dance and dancing to their favorite song right? It's putting it all together. So it's seamlessly integrated. That's what's important for us. Mm. Um, so what does that 
really look like in the workplace so you've used a great analogy I think which is kind of asking not just asking them to come to the party but really kind of asking them to participate get up and dance with them so what does that really look like when we think about work so in the workplace it means one hiring individuals with disabilities, but not just at that entry-level position or just in a mailroom. It's looking at people with disabilities to fill roles that could be in any function of the organization at any level, right? We have a lot of people with disabilities that go to college. Why not, you know, put them in managerial roles like anyone else? So that's one. Two, it's organizational readiness before you hire. So what that means is if someone, um, if a company tends to recruit through their careers portal on their website, is their careers portal portal accessible and usable by folks who have, who are blind, who have visual impairment, who can't use a mouse, who can't use a keyboard, who have navigational issues? Because if not, they've put up a barrier already to that employment. It's ensuring that the organization um, has understanding like uh, disability etiquette and awareness training, which is considered the number one global best practice and almost always the first practice. Everybody is brought up in, in, with different backgrounds, right? We come to this from different places. And so we want to make sure that everyone has the same understanding of if I go to shake your hand and you have a prosthetic device or a hook, do I know what to shake? If not, I'm going to be uncomfortable and I'm probably going to avoid and maybe even avoid hiring, right? And then having an accommodations or reasonable adjustments process within the organization that meets the test of being fair, equitable, and consistent across the footprint of the enterprise. So there's multiple facets to this to ensure that the organization is ready. We don't want to just hire a lot of people with disabilities, bring them in, and then they can't either navigate the space or they can't you know, navigate their own job because they don't have the right accommodations. The average cost of an accommodation is about $375 US. That's it. And many people don't require anything at all. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't I didn't actually know that. Um, mm-hmm. That fact, I, I'm based here in the UK, so it's, it's a, a little bit different for us, but um, that's, that's quite interesting. Actually, it's actually, it's really not different. It's, it's, you know, in the UK, you have the Equality Act. Uh, yeah. And if we look, if we look at the wording within the Equality Act um, and, and what we need to do there, consistent, equitable for people with disabilities in the workplace, it, it's almost identical to, to what we look at, you know, in the U.S. Um, the idea of enabling people to be successful, no matter what country we're in, is the same, right? To ensure that the physical space, the digital space, you know, all of these things are appropriate so that we can all act. I I think for me, when I look at it from a global perspective, right, it's one, think global, act local. That's number one. And number two is that when we think about reasonable adjustments, instead of thinking of them as something special we're doing for someone, think of them more as a productivity tool. We want our employees to be productive. So if by giving them acts or doing something makes them more productive, mission accomplished. Yeah. And also I find that putting in reasonable adjustments, maybe the initial intention may be for one particular group of people, but actually it can benefit everyone in, in some instances. I mean, I think I read um, actually, for example, here in, in, in the UK, um, we have for when you're getting off on the train, you mm-hmm. have the, the automated person that tells you when yes. the next station is coming up. Yes. Um, 
as well as kind of the reminder of, of mind the gap right that was put in place for people who had visual impairments to, to kind of give them a, a notification of when yes. the, where they are on the train and also to remind them to, to be careful that there is a gap when they get off. But actually that's beneficial for everyone. Absolutely. If you think about, if you go back to the train station and think about, you know, needing to find a lift, right, to, to get to the tracks because you go down for the tracks. How many women or parents with babies and baby strollers, right? And those carriages are in those elevators. It's not just people with disabilities, physical disabilities in the lift. You've touched on, there's a number of different things that, that, that can be done and what, what disability inclusion really means for the workplace. But what would you say is one of the kind of a few key steps for organizations that they really need to take to ensure that they are being more inclusive? The very first step a company should take is looking at themselves honestly. And what I mean by that is having an organizational assessment and gap analysis. And the reason for that is because we don't know what we don't know. That's number one. Two, in very large organizations, you know, what's going on at facilities, they don't necessarily know what's going on in marketing <laughs> or what's going on, right? There's all these different functions and everybody stays in their area. DEI, whether it's disability or not, we have to cross-pollinate. We have to collaborate. And the only way to do that is to come together for an organizational assessment so that we understand what's happening in all these different areas. What's worked? What's not worked? Why? Was it for one individual? Was it for a group? How can we benefit each other? How, you'll, you'll find so many ahas in terms of, I never thought of that. So maybe talent acquisition is thinking about a strategy to hire people with disabilities. They haven't talked with technology. They don't even realize that the careers portal isn't accessible to do it, right? So how do we come together? That, that's a very strategic first practice for organizations. You know, when we do this, the idea is not just bring all of the stakeholders together to have a conversation, but actually interview people in the organization who may have a disability. What has your experience actually been like, right? So that we, we understand what we need to change. So from a strategic standpoint, that's really that first practice. As I mentioned, if we're looking at more tactical, no matter what the outcome is of any of this, understanding that disability etiquette and awareness, sensitivity, how to engage, how to communicate has to be that first practice. You don't need an assessment to know that. <laughs> right? right yeah so instead of saying you know one is practice one and that's the second they're almost kind of can run in parallel if you will and then from there you know every company is on a different journey right at this so from there then we can say not only the what to do and the how but the manner in which to deliver and the order in which to deliver so if a company comes to me and says hey dean you know we want to get started with recruiting. My first comment is going to say, are you ready to do so? Let's take a step back and analyze some of the organizational readiness pieces we've talked about. Um, and celebrate heritage month and other kinds of months. Well, December 3rd is the International Day of Persons with Disabilities. If a company celebrates other months and they don't celebrate that, there's a message right? Probably not the one we want to convey. <laughs> so that would be another, you know, first practice. Make sure that you're aligning and you're being equitable relative to all of the different areas under, you know, all the different streams under diversity. Um, the other thing is, and I think you touched on it, is to keep in mind around intersectionality. None of us are one thing, right? So we might be disabled and Black. 
we might be disabled and Chinese, a woman, a man, right? There's so many things to come together that we also have to understand when we're looking at those first few practices is not to put people into boxes. Mm, Yeah. Oh, great. Those are some like really, really great tips. And what have you found has been the most challenging for organizations when they're beginning and, and, and they're starting their journey or when they're implementing some of these initiatives that you've spoken about? Yeah, so what has been most challenging for organizations is different depending on their journey in the organization, right? So some, you know, some come to disability inclusion because there's been formal complaints that have been filed against the company and then there's legal issues and they have to do something. And that's always difficult because then they're reactive. They're being told what to do and it doesn't align necessarily with their corporate culture. So that's one. Two just getting started in the DEI space, disability is not the first place they go. So then what we hear is we don't have budget. You know, we don't have budget allocated for, or we don't see that many people with disabilities in our organization. So it's not that important, but I turn around and say, well, one, maybe that's why you don't see (laughs) in the organization or think of mental health. Those are thoughts and feelings. We don't see people's thoughts and feelings. Right. And we've seen a real increase in mental health, especially as it relates to COVID and long haul COVID, which which is a, can be a disability unto itself. So the challenge is, is somewhat different depending on the organization and where they are on the journey. Um, often it really comes down to they just don't know what they don't know and they don't know where to start. And that's where Springboard often will come in and really help. Yeah, I was that, that was going to touch on my second question is like, so what sort of kind of support are you then able to give more so I'm interested to know the support that you're giving to organizations where it's a reactive position because let's be honest I think um whilst maybe an organization may have kind of faced a complaint or, or legal troubles it a lot of organizations now that we've seen are kind of reacting to and what's happening outside of the workplace and what what's happening in yes. society um Absolutely. And so I do feel that there are a lot of organizations that are being a bit more reactive. So how do you tackle that when you're coming in and it's not necessarily kind of what their culture is really about? Like, how do you turn that around? What support do you give? Yeah, so, you know, it's to your point, companies are reacting to a lot of external influences these days, right? Even even COVID. I mean, think about COVID, right? As people are coming back to the workplace, you know, we're hearing from people who um, found that working from home because of their disability was better, right? They didn't have to sit, try to read lips or have, because we have captioning that we can have on, you know, on Zoom and things like that. So, so even that companies are reacting and saying, okay, you can work from home two days a week and office two days a week. Well, for someone who perhaps is on the autism spectrum, that doesn't work for them. They need the consistency. But then they're reacting. No one's thinking about it. So one of the things that, that we like to do with companies is educate and help educate, not just on disability 101, I guess we'll call it, right? But disability as it relates to their organization, their organizational culture, what else is happening across the DEI space? Because that's where they have the aha moment. Right? Unless someone has grown up with people with disabilities or really had a lot of personal experiences, they're not trying to be mean. They just really don't know. Mm. Like, where do we start? So for us, it's coming in and educating. You have two places, right? We can educate everyone in the workforce, 
and give them some etiquette and things like that. But as we know, in these large organizations, it comes from the top down. So our education with C-suite and helping them understand how does this alter, contribute to the bottom line? Because remember, when we're talking about disability inclusion, we're not just looking at opportunities, which we are, but we're also looking at risk mitigation and we have to balance the two. So that's what we try to do first, is, is really educate our C-suites to understand what are the issues, what are the opportunities, what are the best practices for those opportunities, and then what risks do we also need to be aware of and how do we balance all of it? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, so helpful. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds great. Fantastic. For all those listening, um, definitely get in touch with Nadine and Springboard Consulting for any additional help on those services because it sounds like uh, it's it's definitely a great support that you're offering to organizations. Yeah. Um, what's one project you're working on now that you're most excited about? I'm so excited about so many things. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think uh, if I have to pick one, um, so Springboard produces an event called Disability Matters. It's an annual corporate conference and awards gala. We have one in Europe, one in North America, one in Asia every year. And our Europe event is coming up the end of July, uh, 26, 27 July. Oh, fantastic. Um, it was supposed to be in Rome, in Italy, but due to COVID, we were asked to make it remote. So it will be uh, via live stream. But it is this amazing event for corporate executives who either have an interest in and or commitment to this work. And it's a fairly senior, you know, uh, uh, meeting, but it's, it's really helping these executives understand, you know, the pillars that relate to disability inclusion. And so there's a lot of education. We have two keynote speakers. That's kind of the inspiration. We have an awards component for companies that are doing great in this space. That's the celebration part. And um, although we won't be together, there's still a portion that is around networking. And um, if anyone, you know, is interested in joining us, please just, you can go onto the Springboard website. So www.consultspringboard.com and go to events and go to Disability Matters Europe 2022. Um, certainly you can email me for any of this or other information. And that's Nadine, N-A-D-I-N-E at consultspringboard.com. But we are really, really excited about this event. It sounds really exciting. I think it's so important that um, events like this are accessible and are available to help educate those people that are interested and, and those um, C-suite individuals at organizations as well. Um, because I think that's the reason why I do the podcast right is to bring the people that are really doing great work in this space the opportunity to really amplify the work that they're doing and allow others to really take on board and learn um because I think it's 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 the best way to to start really I think is to be able to learn from others um so your conference sounds amazing and also the celebration element is really great too because I think it's it's important to recognize people that um, the great work that's being done um, right. and and they feel rewarded because it's it's not easy work right um, <laughs> it's not right. easy so I think it's nice to know that it's nice to know that you're being kind of recognized by your peers that actually you know what right. you're doing a great job great and I think something important you said too about you know hearing hearing the success stories right from others but we have a rule at Disability Matters that any company that presents at the conference, um, even with their award-winning you know, uh, strategies, has to share and be willing to share, not just the good, 
with the bad and the ugly. And we all have bad and ugly, right? We all have had those experiences of things that didn't work along the way. And what our executives tell us all the time is that we learn just as much, if not more, from what didn't work than what did. Totally. I think the failures um, actually bring light to some of the things that, okay, well, right now I know like we should have definitely done this. Oh, thanks, Nadine. I mean, that's some great information that you've given to our listeners. Um, Before you go, please, could you give some parting piece of advice for the DEI leaders listening today? I think I think the one thing is don't don't view disability or disability inclusion as the scary pile. Right. That's that's the pile. I'll come back to that. Right. That's one. Don't think of disability as an afterthought. People with disabilities represent the largest and fastest growing minority in the world. Right? It can't be an afterthought. It can't, it can't just be what you see because so much of disability we don't see. To remember that it can be, it's one of these clubs that anybody can join at any time, right? Anybody, well, even if it's a short-term disability, you, know, you went skiing and you broke your leg for, you know, you're on crutches for six weeks, right? Um, and, and, and it's about integration. It's not creating the special group for the special people with disabilities, right? It's how do we integrate understanding again it's not about providing special adjustments or accommodations it's about treating everyone in a manner that they get to be successful and participate like anyone else thanks again Nadine I, I, I literally Welcome. feel like this conversation has gone so quickly the time's gone so I, know. I know it's crazy um but yeah I mean I've really enjoyed our chat today and I really wish you all the best with your upcoming conference which is in July so you guys I'm going to link uh, I'll post a link down in the description of the episode so you can definitely check that out um, along with the contact information that Nadine has explained as well during this episode. Thank you so much this was just so much fun and I, and you know keep up what you're doing because this is important work And we need folks like you sharing the information. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Appreciate you. (laughs) Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.